Can anybody share with me uh, their understanding of the subject? Yeah, so who can share with me something on Emmy? What have you heard about the subject? Concursive of Yediachero. Can somebody chop some concursive for you? What have you heard about the subject? Excuse me. Okay, so an aspect of information gathering of for management for decision taking or decision making. Alright. That's that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Any other idea you have about the subject? You did that in the university uh, in tech, right? You did something about man accounting. Some costing things, cost and management accounting. Did you do anything? Uh, did you do anything? You did something about it. Now, certainly, man accounting is not going to be a huge deal, especially with the no syllabus. I love it. I love it because a lot of things have been taken out of the syllabus. So, we're going to be focusing on six core issues about management accounting. The first thing we'll be discussing will be what is referred to as contemporary issues. Contemporary approaches to management accounting. Contemporary approaches to management accounting. That is the first issue we'll be focusing on. Now, under contemporary issues to management accounting, among other things, we'll be focusing on, we'll be looking at business ethics. Then we'll be discussing other key issues in management accounting, such as throughput accounting. I, I, I wouldn't list those things because they are already in the, in the schedule here. So under this topic, under this broad heading, we're going to look at business ethics, throughput accounting, activity-based costing, value chain analysis, balance scorecard. All of these things are under what? This heading. And from the syllabus weighing, that is 15%. Please note that now it is a requirement that business ethics plays a key role in the accountant's profession or behavior. For that reason, in almost every examination setting, you are going to see some questions on what? Business ethics. That is why in almost every subject, right now, you are going to see some aspects of what? Ethics. So we're going to be covering that. But you must make you must make sure you understand because we there there is at least a five or six months question in the exam hall waiting for you on business ethics. Are you getting the idea? So that's one one you have to understand. So 15% from the syllabus weighing and we'll be covering issues such as business ethics, um, balance scorecard, throughput accounting, activity-based accounting, value chain analysis, and that is already covered in uh, in my schedule there. Second aspect has to do with budgetary and budgetary control. Budgets, okay, or let me put it, budgets and budgetary control. Budgets and budgetary control. That is also a 15% aspect. And this is why we will be focusing on the typical things you know about budgeting. So we're looking at what is budgeting, processes of budgeting, various types of budgets that businesses prepare and we have what we call the functional budgets and then the master budgets. 
So we're going to be looking at how we will prepare the functional budget and how we will prepare the master budget. The functional budget refers to the budget of various departments within the organization. So we're going to be looking at how to prepare the sales budget, the production budget, the um, material budget, the purchases budget, the labor budget. All of these guys are what we refer to as what? Functional budget. Then at the end of the day, we're going to merge all of them together into the master budget, and that is going to come into, in other ways, like the cash budget, and then the budgeted income statement, and then the budgeted statement of financial position. So that is what we're going to be doing under budgeting. Definitely, there is a question on the master budget that the examiner is going to ask you to prepare. Whether it's a cash budget or budgeted income statement or budgeted statements of financial position. Nemo, before you come here, you must understand how you prepare this what? Functional budget. It, because it is the result of this. Until we move there like workings, then you now come and put them into this main budget. So that is what we'll be looking at in budgeting, and that is also 15% on the syllabus grade. Then we come to the third thing, my favorite area, and that is management decision-making techniques. Management decision-making techniques. Management decision-making techniques. Management decision-making techniques, this is where we'll be discussing issues in relation to um, standard costing and then variance analysis. That is also syllabus grading, 15%. Okay, so here we're dealing with standard costing and then variance analysis. A very fundamental aspect of the job of the management accountant. How you compare actual cost or actual results against what? Budgeted results, and then investigate as to the reasons for the variances. So that is what we'll be discussing typically under management uh, decision-making techniques. So that's the third thing. Number four, we'll be talking about the issue in relation to short-term decision-making. Short-term decision-making. So for short-term decision-making, among other things, this is where we look at limiting factor analysis, uh, relevant costing analysis, make or buy decision, then outsourcing decision. Certainly some issues about break-even analysis will also be discussed in this point or at this place. So we'll be discussing some issues about breaking. So now the short-term decisions include relevant costing analysis, so relevant costing, limiting factor analysis, talk about make or buy. We talk about issues in relation to break-even analysis or cost-volume analysis. Then we talk about outsourcing decision. Outsourcing decision. For syllabus grade-wise, that is going to cover 20% of the syllabus, 20% of the syllabus, meaning that certainly we're going to be having a question 
coming from this area. And the favorite area for the examiner is relevant costing analysis. Why is that favorite? Because that is what will happen. It is called special order decision. So for instance, if we are an event organizing company and Joe Mattel wants to organize an event, then he comes to us that he wants to organize an event at the Accra Sports Stadium. How much will we charge Joe, uh, Joe Mattel and make profit? To make that decision, we will be using what? Relevant costing analysis. If we are a contractor and somebody comes and say, build two-bedroom, three-bedroom house for me with this specification, how do we determine how much we charge the person? We have to use what? Relevant costing technique. So it is going to be a critical technique that a management accountant is going to use. So certainly, for November 2019, there is a question waiting for you on relevant costing analysis. Nonetheless, Companies use resources that, or companies use resources that are limited in what? Demand. Okay, oh, sorry, in supply. So, limiting factor analysis is also going to pump up. Make or buy, break even analysis, outsourcing, will be handling all of those things as well. So, that is the third, the fourth thing. Then we come to the fifth thing, which students don't like a lot sometimes. It's called long term decision making long-term decision making and here we are focused that is 15 percent on the syllabus break and this is where we're going to be focusing on the issues about investment appraisal investment appraisal so that is what primarily we'll be discussing at this point investment appraisal primarily that's what we're going to be discussing that's 15 percent and then finally we look at performance evaluation. Performance evaluation. So how do we evaluate the performance of an organization? How do we decide whether this company is doing well or not? We here we will be focusing on divisional performance evaluation. So if a company has three or four divisions, then the issue about transfer pricing is going to also be critical at this level. So if you check the syllabus grade, this is 20%, this is 20%, this is 15, 15, 15, 15. And your questions, five questions in all, are going to spread across board in each session of the syllabus. So for syllabus wise, this is what you have to understand about what the examiner wants you to cover in relation to that. But let me also mention here that there is an objective that you have to have at the back of your mind when we are at each session of the syllabus. When it comes to the contemporary approaches to management accounting, this is our objective. That by the end of this one, students should be able to identify, explain and apply contemporary approaches to standard costing of projects, I'm reading this from the syllabus, okay, so you, don't, you may not have that. To identify, explain, and apply contemporary approaches to standard costing of products, services, and explain and comment on their applicability. What does that mean? It means that we are how we are. The things that we are going to be discussing there, like cost control, cost reduction, business ethics, uh, balance scorecard, throughput accounting, you should be able to do that and use that to help businesses to make what? Decisions. 
very critical. Then second one, when we deal with budgeting and budgetary control, you should be able to identify and explain the issues of budgetary control in management decision making and prepare key budgets. Listen carefully. Prepare key budgets. The syllabus is there to guide us. So here you are not just there to talk about how we do budgeting, but how we prepare what? Key budgets. And the word here is key. So we are looking at the master budget, the cash budget, the budgeted income statement, and the budgeted statement of what? Financial position. As I said, these guys are going to be like workings. However, because this is the first time examination sitting, the examiner may be generous and not ask you to do these two, but will ask you questions about these guys because it's a first time examination. Nonetheless, this is the key budget that we are going to be focusing on as students at this level. Then we come to the third thing, management decision making. At the end, you should be able to use management information from various reports to support decision making. So remember what I told you here, this is about various analysis. So who we are, when you compare your budget against your actual to get your variance, you should now be able to use that information to help management to make what? Various decisions in the organization. Then the fourth thing, short-term decision making. If you look at the list that we put there, the examiner said that at the end, you should be able to use management information to apply decision-making techniques relevant to short-term decisions. Relevant to short-term. So these are all decision-making techniques. So in the short-term, how can we use that to be able to help the company to make those decisions? Then certainly, we look at the long-term, identify, describe, and calculate relevant data for use in the long-term make in the long-term decision-making and comment on their applicability. So this is why I spoke about investment appraisal and we'll be looking at it later on, but anybody with an idea on investment appraisal, like you studied it somewhere, you have some ideas, right? Uh, the internal rate of return, the payback period, net present value, so those guys, are you getting it? So that's what we'll be doing extensively here. So here, we are looking at, okay, if the business is making a decision about an investment decision, how do we appraise that decision to find out if the decision is worthy to be made or can be undertaken? Then certainly the last one, performance evaluation. You should be able to identify and explain key features of effective performance management system. Key features of performance management system. So these are what you have to understand about the syllabus. Any question before I dive into our first discussion? Any question? So Emmanuel, this will guide you in using the book. Are you getting it? So you know the things to cover and the things not to cover. Okay, so let's begin with the discussion. Before I come to the issues about cost control, cost reduction, business ethics, let me start with something that is critical to our study, and that is going to be introduction to management accounting. Introduction to management 
accounting. Now, when it comes to management accounting, basically what we are looking at is how we can provide information to management in order for them to what, make decisions. At this level, I can, we can talk about differences between management accounting and then financial reporting. What are some of the differences we can talk about when it comes to these two fields of study? Financial reporting and management accounting. Real quick. We were in revision. We were in revision. Examiner not say in revision. Differences. Management accounting is meant for internal use. Okay, so this is for internal purposes or internal use. And this is for external. external, primarily, even though it can be used internally. What else? Come on, come on, come on. Come on. So financial statements are prepared according to generally accepted accounting practices, but here no gap. What else? This provides can provide information in the short term in relation to like information on daily, weekly, right? Or maybe monthly or quarterly. But this guy provides information. Usually what? On a yearly basis. Are we getting the idea? What else can we talk about? Do you say there's no format for just like this one? Excuse me? Yeah, we are saying that this one is well it has a, a structured, well structured format. Okay. But Isn't that the same as the gap? Because the gap tells us both the principles and the format he has to take. Okay. Are you getting it? So we will fuse that into that point. We will fuse that into that point. What else can we talk about? What about profits and decision making? Okay. I mean, focus is mainly on decision making. Okay. So to enable management to make specific decisions, right? To make specific decisions. But this one relates to, even though this is used for decision, this has to do with overall profitability of the company. Okay. Then, MA has both or can do both budgeting, it's both uh, historical in nature and forward-looking. Are you getting it? So, MA is historical in nature and forward-looking. FR is purely historical, right? So, these are some differences we can talk about in relation to management accounting and financial reporting. Now, this is a controversial question that the examiner can throw you on board. If that is the case, by law, now, another difference is also about legal regulatory requirements. By law, companies are supposed to, especially public companies, are supposed to prepare their financial statement, have them audited, and have them published. So by law, you are supposed to have an accountant in your business. But, you know, MADA, also have. So there is an argument that if that is the case, then there is no use for management accounting. Companies can just employ financial reporting or financial accountants and focus on their job. Will you speak for the motion or against the motion and why? That is a question the examiner can throw at you to just see. This is actually a GSS, sorry, did I say GSS? An SHS question. Mm -hmm. What would you say? If by law we are supposed to have financial accountants, 
and, the, and really that is their role and that is what we're looking for, then there is no need for management accountants. Is it true or not true? And why? To me it's not true. It's not true, so why? You know, the skills that we need to prepare management accounts is a bit different from because they focus on more or less like figures, figures, figures. Okay. But these people, they focus on them. Um, decision making. Okay. Uh -huh. So for that matter. So you think we need them as well in the business? Exactly. Right. So what from what you're saying is like, you know, management accounting looks at both uh, inf uh, information and sorry, financial and non-financial information. That is why management accountants will do performance appraisal, employees efficient, employees efficiency, machine efficiency. But a financial accountant cannot do that. Hence. We cannot say we should boycott the management accountant because really, to really grow as a company, we must know our efficiency and our effectiveness level and that can be provided only by the management accountants. What else? What else? If you are against the motion or for the motion, let's sign them so that from today we stop learning any. <laughs> yes, what else? Come on, come on, come on. In our public sectors, yeah, we have MAs. Certainly, we are supposed to have MAs because MAs estimate the cost and they help the company in budgeting. Are you getting the idea? Because they can future, they can do that thing, but FR cannot do it. So really, they are in the public sectors as well. They are in the public sector. So for budgeting purposes. We don't need only what? The FR guys. Because the FR guys, they have knowledge is only they may see for in the bra. But MA is like they may be So we are looking into the future and trying to estimate the cost. So really, if we look deeper, the role of the management accountant is as equally as important as the management account eh, financial accountant. I, especially if it's a manufacturing company, then it becomes critical even more critical. So if it's a manufacturing company, then we need to really look at the management accountant very well as compared to the, uh, as we will look at the financial accountant. So that is what we can talk about in relation to the difference between financial accounting, sorry, financial reporting and management accounting. Then the next thing that we're going to be looking at is, okay, what is cost? Because primarily everything we're doing in management accounting has to do with the cost of something. So what is cost? If I say it cost me $100 to whatever, buy this tripod, what is cost? I've run a shall say I don't know. So what is cost? Come on, come on. Expenditure or expense made on an item. Okay. The expenditure or expense made on an item. You have something else? Yeah. Okay. Price paid for an estimate of the price paid for an exchange of an item. So the buyer, to the buyer, it becomes the cost of the product. Yes. So we can define cost simply as the amount of expenditure incurred on an activity, a process, or an undertaking. Okay? So cost can be defined as the amount of expenditure incurred on an activity, a process, or an undertaking. An activity process or an undertaking. That is what we will say is the definition of cost.
is the definition of cost, then another question that we need to ask ourselves is, how are costs classified? How are costs classified? Generally, costs are classified into various forms based on certain natures. So let's look at cost classification or classification of cost. Classification of cost simply has to do with the grouping of costs, okay, based on certain features. The grouping of costs based on certain features. Please note that if you look at your syllables, you will not find these things as part of your syllabus. Because these are level one introduction to management accounting staff. Nemo, we can't build a house without a foundation. So this is the foundation. That is why we have to go back and trace the foundation and build it up on it. So what are the ways through which costs can be classified? Number one, costs can be classified according to nature. So let's put down some few definitions simply. Uh, classification according to nature or by nature. Classification of cost by nature. This is where cost is classified according to the elements of cost. This is where cost is classified according to the elements of cost. This is where cost is classified according to the elements of cost. According to the elements of cost. By nature, there are three elements of cost. So the elements of cost are material cost, labor cost, and overhead. Material cost, labor cost, and overhead. So let's take them one after the other. What is material cost? So under material cost, we say that it is the cost of inputs or ingredients that undergo the production process. It is the cost of inputs or ingredients that undergo the production process. So that's the definition for material cost. It is the cost of inputs or ingredients that undergo the production process. Then we come to the second one, labor cost. What is labor cost? It is the cost of human effort used in the production of goods and services. It is the cost of human effort used in the production of goods and services. It is the cost of human effort used in the production of goods and services. Then we come to the final thing. Overheads. Oh, did I say overheads? Maybe let me just do expenses rather. Sorry, sorry. Let me do expenses. There's no need to do overheads at this point. So material cost, labor cost, and expenses. So material costs are the cost of the inputs. Labor costs are the cost of the human effort. 
Expenses are all other costs incurred apart from material costs and labor costs in the production of a good or service. Expenses are all other costs incurred in the production of a good or service. All other costs incurred apart from material costs and labor costs in the production of goods or services. So let's say I am a carpenter and I'm working on this table. What do we need as carpenters for a table? Come on, let's go. Everybody's a carpenter now. Wood. We need a wood, uh-huh. Nail. Uh-huh. Glue. Yeah. Okay. What? What do we use what for the smoothing part? Some paper. Is that how it's spelled? Some and paper? Okay. What else? Formica. Formica. Depending on the kind of table we are doing. Uh, what else? Then we need a carpenter, right? Who will do the job? Now, classification of cost according to nature means we will buy the wood, we will buy the nail, we will buy the glue, we will buy everything. But then how do we group these costs in these things? That's what we're talking about here. So if you check, material-wise, Wood is a material, nail is a material, glue, sandpaper, formica, they are all going to be classified under what? Material cost. Then the labor cost will be the carpenter and his apprentice who are going to work. So I have a carpentry shop, then I employ somebody to what? Build the furniture for me. So he, the carpenter and his apprentice will fall under labor cost. Please, follow this carefully because I'm going to use the same example in something later on. Then the expenses are all other costs we incur apart from the material cost and the labor cost. Now, if you buy these woods, I hope you won't just do, then it will reach your place. So you pay TNT for it. When they are doing the job, we will use electricity. We will use, uh, they will buy food. Okay, they will eat food. So any other cost we are incurring apart from these, in order to finish our furniture, is what we put under what? expenses. And that is the first thing you must understand, classification of cost according to nature. Then we come to the second one, classification of cost according to behavior. By behavior. Behavior. This is where Cost is classified according to how it varies with output levels. This is where cost is classified according to how it varies with output level. This is where cost is classified according to how it varies with output levels. With output levels. So that is behavior. So classification of cost according to behavior. According to how the cost varies with output level. Under this, we can have what we call fixed cost. Variable cost. Semi-fixed cost. And then what we call step cost. We're going to be explaining all that. 
So what is the first cost? Mm -hmm. So classification of cost according to how it varies with output level. What is face cost? It's a cost that has no varies Okay. Output. So face cost is the cost that remains the same irrespective of what? The output level. So that is what we can put down for that. Face cost is the cost that remains the same irrespective of the output level. Now, that definition, we will say, is impaired. Why is it impaired? Because step-up cost will tell us that our definition of face cost is a bit impaired. So we say that face cost is a cost impaired, sorry, is a cost incurred prior to the production of goods and services. So for instance, as I use my carpenter illustration, if I want to start a carpentry business, what do I need? I need an office, right? I need to buy some machines down. What else do we need? Install some furniture inside, fix the office, have everything. All of these costs are incurred. Have I started producing? It all falls under face cost. Now, when I start producing, irrespective of how much I'm producing, that building cost is incurred. But the reason why I said that definition is a bit impaired is that when it comes to step cost, when we are now outgrown our capacity, then we would have to lease what? Another building or rent another building. In that case, that means that we will now shift our attention to what we call step cost. But generally we say that face cost is a cost that remains the same irrespective of what? The output level. And it is a cost incurred prior to the production of goods and services. So usually, when output is zero, you are still going to be incurring what? Face cost. So that's the face cost scale. When output is zero, you are already incurring the fixed cost. Then we come to his junior brother, and that is variable cost. So what is variable cost? So what the gentleman said, so you add it to the definition, you add yours to him or what? Which one? That uh, the fixed cost is a cost that remains the same, irrespective of the output. However, it's also a, a cost that is incurred prior the production. Brand. Yes, production, okay. yes. So if you fuse the two, is that what you mean? No, you can write the first one and okay. then write uh, continue with the second one. Okay. Yes. Thank you. Okay. So what is variable cost? It will depend on the output level. It will depend on the output level. So how do we put it? 